welcome to Do the Right Thing, your weekly writing prompt podcast. I'm Alexandra. And I'm Jarvis. And I'm uh, super sick with um, vaccination symptoms. So, um, but I'm trying to figure out how to use words and link them together and create a story that way. Exactly. So to help us get through this vaccination haze, (laughs) we are issuing a challenge. Each week, you sit down and write a complete short story using three or four randomly generated words. Then we come on the podcast, we read a story, we talk about what we learned in reading it, and then we talk about the story sent in by you wonderful listeners. Exactamundo! We're simply here to help you do the right thing. A doof media production. production. Exactly. Um, So, hey, we're back. Welcome back. back After a little little two-week hiatus. I'm really glad that this didn't Mm -hmm. um, accidentally turn into an indefinite hiatus, um, which is always a risk. (laughs) Um, especially during these mm-hmm. these trying trying times, um, but yeah, we're back. Yeah, we're back, and and I know that we both used those uh, those two weeks pretty well. I know uh, on on my end, I used it to uh, really focus on these finals, and thankfully, I got a pretty good grade. You know, put put forth the best work that I've definitely put yeah. forth in these classes. And then on top of that, I was actually able to um, like you know sleep good good get good hours. And um, sort of rejuvenate. So I am high and ready. You're high? Four. No. But I am high ready. Oh, I see. You know, I am so ready that, like, my brain is buzzing. That you know? sounds like you're high. Um, but I... Yeah, but I'm 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 high on excitement. And I am excited you're high for on the e? second arc. High on E. For the second arc of Do the Right the Thing. The second arc, right. Um, mm-hmm. In my time, I, I got diagnosed finally. Did I tell you? Oh, I don't think I have did. attention uh, deficit hyperactive disorder. Mm, okay. <laughs> so I'm so I'm guessing you were able to um I've well, you know, first and foremost, knowing that is half of the battle, so so congratulations, finally, you know, for finally confirmed for knowing that, but <laughs> uh, and I'm guessing did did they put you on any sort of plan or like what's the uh, road? Yeah, I'm on uh, concerted right now, so figuring out um, how that is going for me. Um, I don't. It has been good. However, I was already feeling like really like dissociated slash like spacey most of the time, and like mm-hmm. this has made it I think worse. So I'm gonna have to figure something oh. out to to balance it. But it's it's fine. Um, regardless, like I'm just glad that like. I finally have this diagnosis. I don't have to try to get it again, you know, and then I can um, see what works. You know, maybe it's something that I don't take every day. Maybe I'll end up just taking it mm-hmm. on days where I really need to, like, sit down and focus. I don't know. I'll figure something out. But, um, yeah, I'm yeah. glad that there's finally uh, an answer because I've been searching for literally years. Um, I'm really annoyed that <laughs> I had to take, like, several tests for them to figure out rather than just, like, looking at my uh, report card history because like every single year (laughs) as a kid there probably was written somewhere you know Alex is really smart and bright but uh, can't keep track of uh, their assignments and is always forgetting to turn things in and can't do time management and talks too much in class and it's like come on why did anyone (laughs) recommend me my god yeah those are those are like the three first steps. Um, but uh, if you don't mind me asking, how did you go about getting this diagnosis? Because I know I've I've always wondered how people do get these sort of proper uh, diagnoses for their isms. For their isms, uh, basically, you just uh, <laughs> you just have to go see a psychiatrist that specializes in um, the thing and mm-hmm. pay that money. Um, yeah, it, I mean, if you have insurance, it's usually covered. Um, 
So, mm. but yeah, if, if you don't have insurance, then yeah, that's probably real tough. But I'm sure there's some resources out there um, for people who don't. But um, yeah, so you go and you tell them what the thing is. And depending on what uh, it is, you know, there might be more rigorous testing. Depression anyway was a lot easier uh, getting that diagnosis because mm-hmm. it's just like, yeah, you yeah, talk about just, how they just look awful at you. you feel. <laughs> yeah, you came in wearing yeah. a really gross sweatpants and looks like you haven't showered in yeah. three days. So you just look gray for some yeah. reason. There's like a gray aura aura around you. Yeah. So um, yeah, they just take a look at your vibes and they just tell you how it looks. <laughs> oh, oh, so it's so it's just a huge vibe. Yeah, check. it's it, basically going to the psychiatrist is just a vibe check. <laughs> Can you please post that on Twitch? <laughs> I really need you to post. Okay, that. I'll think about it. Anyway, <laughs> uh, we're back here after a two-week hiatus. Um, as uh, we are getting back into it, this is going to be uh, slightly different. Just a little short episode as we um, we'll just cover the uh, stories that were sent in um, in the meantime. But uh, next uh-huh. week we'll start um, reading listener-submitted stories rather than um, random stories from the turn of the century. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which, which honestly, that that's going to be really fun because um, not only will we be able to uh, read things that that are a lot more relevant, things that weren't uh, that weren't written in like a totally different version of um, English, but also we will be able to give certain stories uh, a a lot more shine than uh, they would normally uh, get when they're um, only subjugated to the listener submitted story section. So overall, it'll be really great, and I think this will definitely uh, keep. Uh, the podcaster community interaction popping. Uh, that's so. right. So, um, just to say now as we go forward, um, so uh, for weeks going forward, um, unless if we end up changing it again, um, when you write your story, we'll just assume that by submitting your story um, that you want it to be up for uh, selection for um, for reading on the podcast. There's no, um, you know, guarantee. We can only read one story uh, per week online or on the recording um otherwise you know it would just take up too much time but we'll also take efforts to make sure that we don't you know repeat the same people too many times and that everyone gets a fair shot right um i mean so long as you Mm -hmm. if you keep sending in your story you yours will get read eventually like absolutely so um so yeah uh if you don't want your story to be read still do submit it just put somewhere at the top maybe in bold um say that you don't want it to be read you know for whatever reason it really does not matter um we can still talk about your story mm-hmm. without reading it um out loud if you would like so um yeah and hopefully y'all can have that as your own little motivation to uh write a little bit more just the fact that it will be featured so centrally on the podcast Mm-hmm. definitely definitely uh well all right cool 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 i guess it is uh time to roll on into the uh podcast proper and start talking about these fantastic stories sure um let's start at um at the first week the the week before the hiatus um so for episode 106 uh journey with um journey threshold remedy secure and productive these these stories this this week definitely took the uh, topic of journey and just really gave us the, uh, these fantastic stories. Um, so the first one we will be talking about this week is by Asgar Ziggle with Destination. That's right. Um, and real quick, uh, relating to Journey, <laughs> uh, we just did a, a game club on um, on the game mm. Journey. So just I just thought that was relevant. So um, if you want to go see <laughs> Elliot plot. and Ruben. Um, analyze that wonderful desert traveling game uh it's on our youtube channel so 
check it out. But okay, Askar Zygel's story. Um, so uh, this is a, an interesting sort of like, I don't know, um, an examination or uh, a reflection on the whole trope of just the character that journeys, right? Um, this mm-hmm. traveler arrives at the end of all roads, uh, just a place um, I was picturing just like in the middle of like a a road in like a desert, basically, you know, all dust and red yeah. and such. But there's just a thin red line crossing the road. Um, and this threshold speaks to the traveler and just says, halt, you cannot pass. This is the end of your path. This, this random spot on the road is the end of all roads and there's nothing beyond it at all. Um, and so the traveler is just, um, you know, wants to just keep going on and the threshold, you know, reflects on, uh, his life and talks about, um, how he can't even remember why he set on the journey. Originally it was to go and get the remedy for a sick loved one. But after he went on that big old quest and, and did the whole big adventure, when he got home, he just left the remedy there and then continued on journeying because he didn't want to end. And now he's totally forgotten why he was um, traveling. Um, But the threshold tells him that this is the end. There's nothing more. Um, And so the traveler um, sits down and sort of as a constellation for all this or or this just random ending being the ending um, becomes the ending. And the traveler just sits down and tells the threshold a bunch of stories about their journeys. And I think the implication is... By the morning, um, the traveler passes away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I really do like how this story has this sort of mystical tone to it, um, while also kind of using the amb- the ambiguity of, of this main character and how they are sort of losing the uh, reasons as to why they are journeying. Uh, and I think that is a a really great setup to the, to like this really good dialogue and and beyond that, um, I think the the story does does at the same time show the grandeur of taking a huge journey, but also this sort of hollow feeling in always having to to go somewhere and how that and how this main character never really seemed to have been comfortable in uh in in any one place uh, i i know the uh, piece talks about how this this main character sort of started to love the the changing of of their selves as they go from place to to place and 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 as they go from fight to fight and battle to battle and how they are making friends and, and they are making enemies how by them living this sort of huge life um, they they are almost fulfilled yet hollow, right? So yeah, I I think that uh, this story is really talking about a a lot, but it but it never really tells you how to feel about it. It just gives you all of these different tones and a moods and just sort of lets you um, create your own thoughts on this uh, traveler. Mm-hmm. So I mean, overall, really really great job, and I really loved reading this. Yeah, I really like the um, mythical. Um, tone of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Well, all right. Up next in our final story for this week is by Nipotin with Chapter 7. 
So Nipotin has this um, another one of these poetic uh, vignettes. Uh, this one with this warrior woman after um, some sort of battle and defending um, the people she was employed by. Um, she's wounded. She the the nearest village is too far away, and so she's kind of um, just taking in this sort of moment, um, rustling of the leaves over the stamped foundation, wet like rain, <coughs> and um, finally before. Um, having this reflection on on nature that I think symbolizes her passing. And I'll just read it just because it's a couple of sentences, but um, mm-hmm. the threshold, the edge of a rock pond rippling, a life of dew drops from the belayed grass, the tree there petals and leaves fall slowly. She looks up and closes her eyes and spring blooms and then comes summer and autumn and winter and then spring again. Um, and so, yeah, finally uh, passing on. And I think it's really beautiful. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, definitely. Um, I I really do like the construction of these sentences. I mean, they they really do lend themselves to being uh, evocative of a lot of e- emotion. And then I and then I also like how um, the passage of time is being por- portrayed here. This um this warrior looking over their uh, past battles while also looking at how. The weather has changed. How the spring and summer comes and it and it goes. Um, so yeah, I, I just really like what the story is trying to in invoke. Um, and yeah, I, I just really think that that last paragraph is really well constructed when it comes to um, trying to focus on the little things, but also the larger things, like you know the the blades of grass, but also the the seasons. So I mean, overall, it is a really nice read, um, and yeah, I just uh, I just really liked reading it. Um, and I would all and I will almost say that I think that the that that the middle section um, could have lended itself to maybe having a fifth uh, paragraph in there, just so that the whole piece is sort of tied in to that last really strong uh, paragraph. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, well, all right. Uh, now it's time to move on into our first week of, of hiatus. And the words for that week were watch, houseplant, revival, and shortage. That's right. And the first story for this week is by Nick Yu with The Gardener. Um, as the title suggests, this is about uh, a guide, gardener. <laughs> uh, this Gainer? is about a, a, a gardener, um, and he's working on this garden um, full of weeds. And it is—it's like hard work to pull all these out. His um, hands are—they—they um, they aren't blistering anymore, but they still do sting. Um, and he's like grateful for this particular job. Um, his like lady that he serves is um, merciful for the most part. But even still, it's it's still very, very hard work. And so we kind of uh, reflect on this sort of like indulgent society where all these servants have to work um, far too hard on these things. Um, one thing I found like a little ironic is um, how there's sort of a conception in this culture that men are too brutish, brutish to properly take care of things like plants. But um, this is clearly like a really tough job too. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but he, he sees this one boy who is like, uh, running along trying to get to um, the place where he needs to be without being late um, and sort of f- reflecting on like that being a really uncomfortable position to be in but it's also like kind of like amusing and um, 
yeah, reflecting on this uh, sort of the hard life where, like, he's grateful that he's in this position, but it's not really necessarily, like, the best place for him to be either. Um, yeah. Yeah, um, I really do like how this story stays in the gardener's head, you know, to where we are really able to to understand how they are viewing um, the lady that, that gave them this job and sort of the work that, that the job itself takes and how it and how it seems to take a lot more work than than one might think. And I really do like the moments when they reflect on their old life uh, in in light of this new life that is supposed to be more leisurely but at the same time he, he is still putting in the same uh, amount of work so I mean overall I think that this story is just really strong when it comes to letting us understand this this main character's headspace and uh, we also get a nice picture when he is looking at the uh, young kid on like how he views not only his his own not only his own youth, but also how he sort of views the the current the current state of things. So overall, yeah, I think it's a uh, really well written piece, and I enjoyed reading it through and through. Yeah, I think I would also. Um, I I don't necessarily think that the story needs another person to talk to, as uh, Nick you reflects on this piece. But um, mm-hmm. I feel like there, yeah, there could have been an opportunity. I think uh, it would have been interesting to have this gardener talk to the boy, someone who's like. Um, yeah, and just in a, a, a different position as him, um, more born into this role, but maybe not, and also maybe not as, like, grateful as he is to be here, um, or maybe vice versa, but, yeah. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, all right, up next is by Nippleton with Chapter 9. Yeah, um, I don't know where Chapter 8 is, but, um... Yeah, because we just read 7. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, again, another one of these sort of vignettes. This one is a bit more, um, narrative-y than, uh, Nipotin's usually, like, very poetic and very fleeting, um, images. And, um, so here, uh, this woman has just got this houseplant, um, or she got it, like, a, a month ago. Um, and she, as we understand reading the story, that she's, uh, obviously, like, very, very depressed. She has... Uh, stays mm-hmm. in bed most of the days. Her phone rings, but or, or used to ring, but probably doesn't now. Um, her door used to be knocked on, but doesn't really now. Dust is settling down. There's only thin lines of light through the window, and she's clearly like not eating enough as her ribs are like showing underneath her pajamas, and she ignores how much she has to eat and, and stuff. But she remembers the plant. She remembers that she has to take care of this plant. So she gets up to water it, um, and... While she goes and gets the water, she grabs something to eat, um, and um, yeah, if it wasn't for her um, having to get up for this plant, she probably wouldn't really drink much water or and wouldn't eat very much, and so this taking care of this thing provides her a reason to take care of herself, um, and we have this final uh, moment sort of, um, even though she's still barely surviving, this is not something that's just going to turn everything around, but it would be worse without it, but um at the end, we have this moment of positivity as um, she opens up the blinds to let some more light in. Yeah, definitely. So I think this story really does portray this um, depression and this isolation very well. And I do like how 
by her nurturing this this houseplant, she is also nurturing her herself, you know. And and I really do like how this how this houseplant is sort of shaking up that thick de- depression that that she seems to be set in. So overall, I think that this is definitely very very well well written. It is very um, evocative of the emotion we. We completely get a strong feeling as to how this um, depression has uh, affected her, but at the end, we we do get a strong sense of hope that by taking care of this this plant, making sure that this plant gets better, the hope is that she can also get better alongside this plant. So I mean, so I mean, overall, a a very strong piece, a a very tight piece, and I just really liked reading it. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, all right. Up next for this week is by January Juniper with an untitled story. Yeah, uh, thanks for coming and joining us, uh, January Juniper. Yeah, thank I appreciate you. your submission very, very much. Um, and so this is a, this is a, um, I was about to say cute story, but the beginning starts off cute and it does not end so cute. Um, <laughs> so, uh, this is from the perspective of a houseplant, um, and which is very like nice and, and pleasant and wholesome, um, uh, feeling, uh, having the, the sun fall on, uh, its leaves and feeling so good about those. Um, and, um, seeing the rest of the house, these housemates. And it's it's like this amusing thing where the plant basically views itself as much of a housemate as the humans in the building do, even though they don't really... I mean, they just see the houseplant as a plant. Um, but these two housemates um, are, you know, like dancing together. Um, they kiss each other and they're clearly, like, very in love. Um, and um, it goes on. Um, they're, like... Uh, doing a little bit less dancing, but they're still together very often. Um, they watch TV a lot, um, and they seem relatively happy, but maybe not as um, excited or enthusiastic as they used to be. Um, and they're starting to forget to water the plant a little bit. And then it goes on further. The sun comes out less. Uh, the housemates are going out less. One of them um, keeps like leaving. One of the housemates brought the plant into her room, and now the houseplant barely sees the other one um and uh just barely sees into the kitchen and she now like the the plant like barely gets to drink at all uh the housemates are like yelling at each other and you can kind of tell that the plant is like thinking less um and feeling more tired missing sunshine and um then we see how one of the housemates is just like crying um and uh, this really, you know, sad moment. Uh, she sees them crying, and the houseplant um, has uh, some sunshine um, hit them, and remembers when they used to dance, and their favorite leaf falls off, and it's all very, very tragic. Um, and then just this just final like awful, you know, moment. Um, the houseplant can't really think much anymore because it's so messy and cold and dry. Uh, the leaves are dry and crunchy. Everything feels shriveled. The stems, the stems ache in fragility, and the sun means very little to them anymore. And they now know that they're doomed to sit here um, until the last drop leaves their roots. And they hope that whenever that happens, whenever they, they pass, that they're not alone, which is all very, very sad. <laughs> very, very. 
Um, but I do think that the usage of the point of view of the houseplant really does let us view the crumbling relationships within this house and people in a sort of distant light that lets this story have a certain sense of levity for for most of it. But I also like how, how the houseplant itself is being affected by the um, moods of, of this house. And yeah, I mean, overall, it's just, it's, it starts off very cute and, and light, as, as you said, but over time, it just gets sadder and, and, and more dreary. And we see how, how this houseplant is, so, is slowly dying, as it seems that the people within the house are, um, within their, e, e, uh, within their e emotions. So I think that the, that using this this point of view is really smart when it comes to portraying these emotions. Um, but beyond that, I think that it is just really strong in how it ends and, and how this this house plan is almost is almost taking on these same uh, feelings that uh, these roommates probably have this sort of isolation that that seems to be happening i mean them going from dancing in the living room to crying in their bedroom you know so i mean overall this is a very strong and very conscious story this story definitely knows what it's trying to do which i appreciate so i mean overall i really in enjoyed reading this story and i mean at the very end i was feeling very sorry for this house plan i just wanted to you know Give it a hug and spritz it with some water. Yeah, it was uh, yeah, it was very 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 sad way for a plant to to pass on like that, and it makes me feel very bad for my plants. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I mean, overall, fantastic job, and thank you for writing in this week. Well, all right, on to our most recent week, uh, and the words for this week were storage, compliance, hut, and chest. And the first story we, we will be reading this week is by Matt Said Words with an untitled story. That's right. Um, so this is an interesting story. It goes on for a bit. And also there was a, a fun little quirk, I guess, where um, there was a, one of those random Reddit bots. Uh, this one was a I am pirate, pirate bot. speak bot. And so it turned Matt Said Words as... Uh, story entirely into pirate speak. I don't, but it didn't do all of it for some. Yeah, reason. it was weird. I don't know what it was here for, really. But yeah, because because it seemed like it just added the word grog in a lot of places, and then like put uh apostrophes after every t. I don't know. I don't know. It was funny though. Yeah, it was it was amusing. I didn't delete it. I could yeah. ban it from the server or from the subreddit, but I I didn't feel enough about it. But um, <laughs> anyway, but this is an interesting story. It feels so much longer than it um, actually is because it didn't have to get mm-hmm. broken into um, multiple comments. Three parts. But it wasn't a it wasn't a three parts, um, and they really, um, yeah, they felt really long. Uh, and, and it's uh, broken into these three perspectives. So first, uh, James uh, has this little garden, and he had uh, put together this uh, siphon from the stream to fill up this um, holding pond, um, which would hold the the water to water everything. 
Um, and uh, his plants aren't doing well, and he wonders why. So he goes up and sees that the holding um, pond is empty, and so is the stream. And so he follows the stream all the way up, finding um, a tree that has fallen across and blocked it. A really, really, really big tree. Um, and that's when James realizes that what, what has gone wrong, that someone has actually intentionally cut down this tree as an intentionally blocked the stream for some reason. Mm. So he runs all the way back. Um, and while he was there, he, uh, he scared off a fox because a fox, foxes are always causing problems in the, in the area. And then we switch to the fox's perspective who, um, and we reflect a little bit on the fox's life that two of her pups were, uh, killed by uh, James's traps, which is just super sad, and so we start to not like James a little bit more. Um, but he runs all the way; she runs all the way back to um, his little farm garden area, um, and uh, sees another person there, and we sort of understand: oh, it must be the person that cut down the tree. I wonder what they're up to. And um, this this person seems fairly nice, uh, fairly nice, and says, "Hey there, I won't hurt you," and and such. And um, while the fox was there, um, she went into the, the holding pond and started digging up the, the ground a little bit. And finally, we cut to the final perspective with uh, Laura. She has a shovel and she starts digging right where the fox is digging um, for something that was there. Um, something that smells very strongly that the fox likes, but Laura does not. And um, the fox sort of uh, joins her in helping, which is a fun little you know, them pairing up together. Um, and she finally digs up whatever that thing was, which uh, appears to be a human hand um, that James mm-hmm. apparently has murdered someone, probably his wife, and buried her under this pond. Um, and um, Laura pulls off the ring off of the dead hand. The fox is probably wanting to eat the hand uh, <laughs> before um, the fox uh, finally <clears throat> runs away um, just before James appears and um, hits Laura with the same shovel that she was using. And uh, yeah, so we understand that. Um, this, this is a pretty bad situation that Laura has gotten herself into. Oh, very much so. Uh, I think the usage of three different per- perspectives is really nice w- within this story, um, especially after the first section where... Um, we have a lot of questions as to who who cut down the the tree. What is that that smell? Um, and I and within the later sections, we are slowly edging closer to that answer. So I think that that this story is really good when it comes to attention. You know, it it grips us in the beginning with this fairly um, typical scene of a of a person out in the woods, sort of sort of tending to their stream. Uh, but then as it keeps going, it becomes more and more sinister, which I really did like. Um, and I think overall, it, of course, the story is very well, well written. I think it's, it seems that it's the beginning of something much larger. Um, and yeah, I just really like a lot of this, uh, imagery, uh, how the stream is being de- described, how, how this sort of stench coming from this dirt is so pungent that you know you can almost smell it. Um, so yeah, overall, this is a really, really strong story. Um, and and yeah, even though it it might seem seem longer, it is true that it doesn't really read that that long. Uh, it seems like a very short short story when you do end up reading it. So 
overall fantastic job and i really really liked this um uh, murder mystery story that you put forth yeah um i found um the different perspectives is very dynamic mm-hmm. very much very much well all right those are all of our stories for this episode but we would like to say a big old do the right thing thank you to everyone who did submit their story so thank you very much to Askar ziggle thank you to nipotin thank you nick's you Thank you, uh, January Junipers. And thank you very much to Matt Said Words. Thank you so much for submitting your story. Yeah, we really appreciate uh, y'all sending in your stories, even though we were on hiatus and um, you weren't going to hear from us for um, a bit. So we appreciate your your patience. Um, But yeah, now we're back. And um, next (laughs) week, again, we'll be starting to do the uh, read one... um, submitted story actually on the podcast i'm really excited about that because your stories are always uh so creative and and deep and um entertaining to read and i'm really excited to just talk about the the fun stuff that y'all do um yeah on on the podcast 100 mm-hmm, percent. if you want to be like all of these wonderful writers and submit your story to do the right thing you can do that by submitting your story to reddit at slash r slash do the right thing All you have to do is sit down for 30 minutes and write a complete short story using three of four words from that week. That's right. Um, And the best place to find out the words as soon as they come out would be um, on the subreddit and on Twitter, um, which our Twitter is at RightThingCast. You can also send us an email with uh, whatever you want uh, to say at RightThingCast at gmail.com. Exactly. And if you want to support us and everyone else in this fantastic Doof Media, you can do that by donating to the Doof Media Patreon. All you have to do is donate $10 or more per month to get access to exclusive bonus content, including the latest episode of Doof Over. Uh, that's right. We should get on that, of actually doing that. It's more of a, Ours is mostly a bi-monthly thing, but uh, there's a lot, a lot of other wonderful um, bonus content shows. Um, there is uh, The High Ground, which there is now um, at least one episode for free, uh, if you want to go listen to that. Um, I forget exactly where you can see it, but um, if you're on the Discord, which is free to join, um, you could probably ask about that in the in probably Doof General, I think. I forget where it is, but yeah, uh, it's a lot of fun. The That episode of uh, The High Ground that's out for free, I think it's on um, episode two, Attack of the Clones, and it's really funny listening to them talk about it and how ridiculous uh, some parts of Star Wars are. Um, and of course, there's Freeman Bros, and there's also other levels of the tower if you're into Stephen King stuff. So yeah, a lot of uh, wonderful stuff that we do here at Doof Media. And uh, like I mentioned earlier on the episode, we're also doing so much else all the time. Uh, right now, the um, the Game Club uh, on Journey uh, just came out yesterday, and th- that was a lot of uh, fun to tune into. And, and if you want to hear, yeah, Ellie and Ruben talk about that, that wonderfully deep game, um, you can go do that. And um, next month, finally, we'll be covering Disco Elysium. They took the extra month because it's a very long game. Um, <laughs> and, um, yeah, I'm super excited about that episode, and I think I should be able to uh, go and say a couple things on it, um, oh, nice. hopefully, if things work out. <laughs> nice, that is fantastic. Well, alright, it's time to roll on into next week's words. Can I get a drum roll, please? Um, ba 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 New words. <laughs> Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Yeah. Uh, so, next week's words are 
Direct, Driver, Obscure, and Fisherman. That's right. Um, so direct, uh, we got a couple uh, meanings here. So direct as in someone who's being very, you know, forward and like in a single direction, right? Um, or specifically, you can have that connotation of going from one place to another. So it can be in a verbal uh-huh. sense or in a, um, I suppose, geographic sense, in a uh, momentum sense. Um, you can also be a director who directs people, you know, shows people where they should be and where they should go. So you got a couple of uh, definitions right there. Um, a driver, which is someone who drives. Um, mm-hmm. Also... Pile driver. Uh, yeah, pile driver, which I don't really know what that is, except it's like a like a pistony. Wrestling move. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, uh, you could also do... You could also download uh, display drivers for mm-hmm. your graphics card. I think that's how that Google works. Google Drive. Yeah, Google Driver. You could do that. <laughs> you got a lot of options here. Um, obscure. Uh, so that can be uh, either a adjective or a verb. So as an adjective, that is something that is not well known or um, hard to see. Um, and to obscure something is to make it hard to see. Um, uh, so you could talk about obscure music or um, how... Uh, the leaves obscured your vision and you didn't mm-hmm. see the guy who took your stuff. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. a fish, <laughs> fisherman. Uh, so that could be someone who fishes. Um, I think the implication is that they're probably gendered male, but you know, you can do whatever you want. Um, or they could be a fish person. Could mm, be. A fisherman. Exactly. Or, or... It could be like a company man for the Fisher Company. You know, like mm-hmm. I think it's okay. That that's a company, right? That's like a teddy bear company. A fish company? No, f- yeah, yeah. Fisher. I mean, it's yeah. like a toy company, right? Oh, you're talking about Fisher Price? Yes. Yeah. Mm, yes. That's the one. I, yeah, a fisherman. Oh, yes. I uh, only buy Fisher Price toys exactly. for my exactly. child. I'm I'm kind of a fisherman. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so Jarvis, what's the story that you're going to write? Thank you so much for asking. The story I am going to be writing next week is about is about a deep, uh, a deep earth expedition uh, where they made the very first uh, drill made entirely of diamonds. So of course it can pierce through all of that a hard bed bedrock. And um, as this as this um, as this drill is driving down in into the core, um, the head of this expedition is is directing all of his other con all of his other constituents to uh, take samples of the rocks that they pass by as they're going deeper and deeper and deeper, um, and. This goes all the way until the smoke from the deep mantle of of the earth starts to starts to obscure their their vision so much that they actually start driving up. Uh-huh. Up up up. This drill keeps going up until it pokes a tiny little pee hole in the bottom of a very wide lake, sending torrents of water down on top of all of these miners and deep in into the mantle to to create even more bed uh, even more bedrock so so of course the head of this expedition uh goes under fire because since they did poke a hole in a very wide lake about three fishermen were killed in the process that's horrible 
I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sorry too. Um, well, I um, the story that I'll, I'll be writing is uh, so you know how uh, there's like people do races with like cars, yes. like race cars. So you know how yeah, like everyone has cars. like a like a favorite race person, like a like race car driver, the favorite yeah, driver. Dale Earnhardt. They have like a favorite driver. So um, uh-huh. I I'm not a fan of any of those big drivers where everyone knows about them. I'm only a fan of some of the more obscure drivers, right? Oh, okay, um, and okay. my uh, my favorite obscure driver is one of the most obscure drivers. Um, so he's this guy. Um, he actually lives uh, directly along um, the this one lake in the Gobi Desert, and he's actually a he's a fisherman there. Uh, mm. And he, um, so he like fishes, and then he uh, gets in his car, and he he's a driver, and he drives back to his house, and then he eats, mm. and that's what that's how he drives, and no one knows about him except for me. So, I, you you wouldn't <laughs> have heard about him. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Oh, true, true. I'm you know sorry. I I, I guess I'm not like into driving. You're not into this. You're you know? not. Yeah, you you're not into driving like I am. So yeah, yeah, it's pretty understandable. I guess I'm kind of like a like a noob to it, you know. I, I don't know what the uh, right driver uh, to follow is. Yeah, you don't know how to drive the right thing. Yeah, how to <laughs> how to do the right thing to drive the right thing. Drive. We're back, baby. <laughs> as clunky as ever, baby. <laughs>